On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City. A church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Record. <coughs> My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight we continue our series in the book of Romans and we will be in chapter four this evening. If you would like to join in our conversation or if you have questions or would like prayer, we do have call screeners standing by and they can be reached at 929 333 3739. I want to give a quick shout out to Pedro, Frank, Tommy, Jing, and JJ from Bethel Baptist Church in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. I was talking to those guys yesterday and they said that they do listen to our program, Pastor. Well, that's encouraging to know. Praise the Lord. So I do have a question for you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a listener ask this one Why did God kill Ananias and Sapphira immediately? lying and i think the implication of the question was you know many people lie and don't get killed so why did god kill these two yeah well that's a great question i believe there's a parallel between the way god brought a swift judgment upon ananias and sapphira and the way god brought a swift judgment upon achan in the Mm. old testament as israel was coming out of the wilderness wanderings Mm. into the land of promise and achan stole Mm -hmm. and a lot of Jewish people stole back then, but Achan was held to very high accountability. Not only was he, but his whole family Mm -hmm. were then stoned Mm -hmm. to set a a high standard to show that sin is is dangerous, not to sin, Mm -hmm. and and to put the whole nation in the fear of God. And Mm -hmm. so in that sense, I believe when Ananias and Sapphira lied about what they were giving, it was to set a high standard. It was put. It was to put the church in the fear of God, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was the result of that story. Yeah. In Acts chapter five, I believe after right after that happened, it says great fear mm. came upon the church yeah. and upon as many as heard these things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why God did it is so that the people of God would fear Him, and mm. we do need the fear of God today. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you for that question, and good evening to you, Micah. It's great to be back with you this evening, and tonight we have two two of the great brothers of Heritage Baptist Church here with us this evening. Brother Bill, good uh-huh. to have you back with us. Good to be here. Yeah, I remember when we first started our program, and during COVID, we would have you on Zoom <laughs> on a computer screen, yeah. so nice to see you face-to-face 3D. Okay, <laughs> and Brother Vinny. We yes. go back a long way, and you're a great brother in Christ. We appreciate you being here tonight. 
I'm very blessed being here. Amen. And Bill, Bill and I, we do the homeless together, and Bill is running it right now, and we do a good job. Praise God. Praise the Lord. That is true. And you've both been doing that now for a number of years together, mm-hmm. and we go out every month on one of those, sat- usually the third Saturday of the month, we mm-hmm. we go out with food and clothing, and you guys definitely do a great job mm-hmm. getting it together Amen. and Amen. purchasing what needs to be purchased and putting those bags of encouraging things and going out sharing the gospel and praying with those who who do need the Lord. So praise God for your ministry and and faithfulness to the Lord at our church. So this evening we are going to continue in Romans and we're going to be in Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 12 talking about Abraham as Romans 3 tells forth the righteousness of God through the gospel and shows at the end of Romans 3 his, his salvation based totally upon the free work of Jesus Christ. As it says in Romans chapter 3, that we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And now as we come into Romans chapter 4, Paul is going to use Abraham as an incredible illustration of one who was justified by faith. So that's the program this evening, Abraham, Justification by Faith, Illustrated, and I hope it'll be a challenge, encouraging to you. And, of course, the phone lines are open. You can get to us at 929-333-3739 at any time during the next hour. So we're going to begin by reading this passage of Scripture. And, Bill, if you could please start us off there in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say, then, that Abraham, our father as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 4, 6, even as David also describeth, describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh, with, cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon uncircumcision also. For we say the, the faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Praise God for the reading of his word. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And Bill, could you please lead us on in prayer tonight? Sure. Father, we do thank you for everything that you are, uh, the creator of all things, certainly, 
uh, our Redeemer, through the work that you have done on the cross to forgive us of our sins. We thank you for uh, your person in the Holy Spirit uh, staying with us here on earth um, and for your word through that spirit uh, that instructs us and, and gives us the true past history of this planet and of our species, Lord, and how we got to be here in, in this life right now where we are. And we thank you for all the prophets and uh, all the things that have been written and all the, uh, the disciples and works that they have written so that they can show us where we are. And that if we study your word as we are tonight, Lord, that we can have a better understanding of exactly who we are as humans and where we fit in the grand scheme of things under your kingdom and its coming glory, Lord. We do thank you for this ministry this radio station that has been uh, a service to this area for so long. And we thank you for all the people here in this booth and in the outside that are on the phones that are, are here working to serve anyone who wants to call, who has any questions tonight, Lord. We ask you to bless this discussion and anyone listening uh, who's seeking to know you better, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bill. Mm-hmm. So the book of Romans is the masterpiece epistle mm-hmm. of the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's placed first amongst all the epistles. The theme of Romans is the righteousness of God through the gospel of God. If anyone is ever going to have a righteous standing before God, they must believe the gospel that God has provided in his son, Jesus Christ. And this righteousness that God gives through the gospel is, his, is free. It's full. It is his salvation. And it is the ultimate demonstration of his love. And it's the ultimate way we know his satisfaction of justice is complete, dear friends. So we've talked in Romans chapter 1 and 2 and halfway through 3, Micah, and we talked about sin. That's the first main theme Mm -hmm. of the book of Romans. The heathen men are under sin. The religious hypocrite, the Hebrew, all humanity, all have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. Then at the end of chapter 3, Paul begins to emphasize our salvation. Mm -hmm. And that is then the theme for the next three chapters three, four, and five, salvation. And then he goes into sanctification, chapter six, seven, and eight, and then the sovereignty of God, chapters nine through 11, and then service. So I remember mm. I went to a, an ordination of a young man. Oh. And one of the questions was, what's a theme of the book? Or what's a, what's the, an outline of the book of Romans? Oh, <laughs> that's tough. That was a tough question. Mm. I, well, I didn't a- ask it. It wasn't my question, yeah. and so I wasn't trying to stump him or anything. Yeah. But he couldn't even come close. Mm. I mean, he couldn't even come close. So that's why I like to give an outline. Yeah. I always think of that. I want our listeners Let to know the down. Bible, to know because you might get uh, be ordained one day, yeah. and you need to yeah. know the outline <laughs> of the Book of Romans: sin, yes. salvation, sanctification, sovereignty, and service. Good. All, all essence. So there you go. Amen. So. What we want to look at tonight is how Paul proves our salvation by really two incredible examples. One, Abraham, Mm -hmm. and then number two, David. And David is really, he just kind of puts in there, but he really never loses sight of Abraham. But he Mm -hmm. quotes from one of David's psalms. And that's really so significant, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because Abraham is the father 
of all the faithful, and he's called the friend of God. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, wrote mm. multiple chapters, yeah. and multiple chapters in the Bible are about him. He's the, he's the greatest king in the history of Israel, and he's the man after God's heart. So these are two great examples, and yet they could not be saved by mm. their works. Mm. We know David sins, yeah. and we know Abraham's too. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, they were men of like, like passion yeah. as us, you know? Yeah. They couldn't be saved by their works. If they were going to be saved, they were going to be saved by grace mm-hmm. through faith. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is using them as an example that justification or how a believing sinner can have a righteous standing before God is, is by the finished work of Jesus Christ through the gospel. So that's what we want to talk about. And, you know, John MacArthur says in his commentary on Romans that the doctrine of salvation is distorted and attacked and undercut by Satan, the chief enemy of man, probably more than any other doctrine. Mm. And my first question, and we'll start with you, Brother Vinny, because you grew up in Catholicism. Why would you say that Satan is so determined to attack the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith without works? Well, honestly, excuse me, <clears throat> I went to Catholic school for the first three years, first, second, and third grade. And through that time, I have to honestly say, what was taught to me was pretty much scary. You know, it was an indoctrination into my way of living that if you don't do these works, and it started out yeah. by if you weren't here at church at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, it could be a mortal sin. Now, the differences between a mortal sin or regular sin, the mortal sin, apparently, you're going to hell. So with that fear in itself, I grew up with that, but I, I always yeah. had like uh, a thing about the Catholic Church. Well, not Catholic Church per se, but I would say about uh, being in the you know, faith of God, with mm-hmm. God, and being directed in the right way. But I noticed that the church itself taught me about statues, that if I was walking down the street, mm-hmm. that I would have to do a sign of the cross when I would pass Mary or Jesus or whatever, a statue in itself, which is still till today, yeah. like, blows my mind because mm-hmm. that's idolatry. Yeah. But I look at this, and a lot of the things that went on in the church, I remember back when I was, I was young, maybe eight, nine years old, and I would meet with them in the church, and things that went on, I couldn't, I don't even phantom today hmm. that the uh, they had these little clickers i'm 68 years old so back in those days they had these little clickers that the men used to put their hats on the back of the pew mm-hmm. men used to come and take your hats off and put them on the clicker so when we started church all the guys in church the young kids would start flicking these and it's like what is going on here you know and i would stand there in like total a paranoia, whatever, and the nuns were running up and down the aisles, yelling and screaming, no, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) And I don't even know where that came from. But you know what? (laughs) But the indoctrination of, uh, you know, pushing that whole thing. So I believe in faith through grace. Now, if if we need to work, how are we going to work enough to get Mm -hmm. to heaven? You know what I'm saying? We'd have to do. We'd have to build a tower of Babel to be able to build, build, build until we reached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, and would, that wouldn't it's even get happening. you there. That no wouldn't way. even get you there. You know, it's true, Vinny. Millions of people do live with that fear, and the Catholic Church and religions like that prey on the fear of people. So, Bill, what would you say to that? I know you didn't grow up in the Catholic Church, but do you have an example of people thinking how they think they can save themselves? I guess just through my whole life uh, and through all of our lives, like that's your average person's thinking about 
yeah. how one is a good person in the yeah. eyes of God and how you, quote-unquote, get right. to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that no one's born with the idea in them that they're a sinner. They have to be mm. told that they're a sinner, mm. and they have to accept that, and they have to, you know, I guess there's a lot of ways that different people have to actually finally come to that conclusion. I remember mm-hmm. how I did, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's just, that's it's in everyone's mind that we're all good, but we prove it by what we do. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's not what uh, the Bible tells us. And, and once we have a real better understanding of God, of course, in this life, we don't we don't even really have a very deep at all understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when we understand that he is perfect mm-hmm. yeah. and that and the entire universe and time itself is just something he created, mm-hmm. that we don't have a clue. And for us to, to shake our fists at him and say, who are you to tell me what's right? Mm-hmm. You know, once we get an understanding of that, then, you know, but, but yeah, most people just, uh, you know, they think of themselves, you know, I, I, they prove that that's how they do. That's why most, you know, it's about what we do. That's probably why so many people think that way. That's why they don't think they really need Jesus. They don't take it seriously, and they just think of, you know, him dying on the cross is what happened to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Micah, what would you add to this? Yeah, well, you know, Pastor, we just finished our semester studying church history in the Heritage Discipleship Institute classes, and it's been really eye-opening to see how Satan has used different tactics throughout the centuries to deceive and distort, as you said the gospel of salvation, even within the church. Yeah. So when the masses couldn't read, I think maybe it was somewhat easier for the devil using just the popes and the bishops to proclaim the false doctrine of works to the people. But then with the invention of the printing press, the devil used the state church to actually ban people from owning the Bible. And they also made martyrs of those who were trying to get the Bible translated mm. for the common people. Right. So yeah. the bottom line was that Satan the one who Jesus calls the father of lies, continues to purport a gospel of works, fooling the masses using various tactics, both inside and outside the church. Yes, there's the default mode of the sinful human heart, like you were saying, Bill, to think that that we're good. Because we're comparing ourselves to the guy down the street, you know. Mm -hmm. We're not comparing ourselves to Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned so many times against God. Mm -hmm. And then there's this default mode, like Vinny was saying, you know, you were... You were taught, you know, to to do the sign of the cross, the statues, but that we, you have to do some kind of good work to be saved. That's, That's right. the default mode. I have to do some good works to be saved. Uh-huh. But the reality is you have to be good to get to heaven, mm-hmm. but none of our goodness will ever be good enough. And the reality is good works do get to us to heaven, but not ours. The good work of Jesus Christ, you know, it's the good work of Jesus Christ that's all sufficient. So that's what we really want to emphasize in this passage of Scripture, Micah. So Mm -hmm. as we begin this passage in Romans chapter 4, we see that Abraham is called Father. And we sang that song in in junior church, and we sing it with the kids, Father Abraham, you know, had many sons. Mm. So Abraham here is called the Father, our Father. And so how come he's such a powerful example of salvation Mm -hmm. by grace through faith? Yeah, well, you know, after the flood, you know, God had destroyed the whole world. And he basically then starts fresh with one man who fathers one family, which eventually becomes one people, God's people. And the father of God's people is Abraham. So it's logical for us to look at him as the primary example of how to have a relationship of God. So the question is, how did he do it? Was his relationship with God based on his good works, 
his obedience, his sinless, sinless life? No. You know, we know that Abraham did some great things, but Abe also managed to make a bunch of mistakes. Remember, he lied that Sarah was not his wife. He, he did that lie twice. Uh, he also allowed Sarah to convince him to have a child with her handmaid, Hagar, mm-hmm. and that didn't turn out very well. Mm-hmm. So what Paul is pointing out here is that even Father Abraham had to rely on something beyond his own good works for salvation, and that something is God's grace through faith, the same grace that the readers of Romans need to rely on, and that includes us. Right, and, and so again in chapter 3 at the end there, it talked about how boasting is excluded in God's salvation. Mm. None of us can boast. And so now he's using Abraham. And if there's anyone who had a right to boast in a sense of his righteousness, it could be a man like Abraham. Mm -hmm. But even Abraham had nothing to glory in before God. Abraham could not boast before God that he was righteous. He was really just a scheming sinner Mm -hmm. (laughs) who needed grace Mm -hmm. to save him Mm -hmm. apart from work. So, Vinny... Mm -hmm. Do people boast in their own righteousness today? And if so, oh, of course. in what ways? <laughs> oh, in many ways. Everywhere. Many a time. Matter of fact, I've been told many a time, oh, you think you're holier than thou or whatever? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't do anything better than anybody else. I'm not better than anyone else because mm-hmm. nobody can be. You know, we're all sinners. And people do have a tendency to boast. And I do have family members that put me in the corner all the time about how they have built themselves up Mm. in whatever. And God is going to bless me. God blesses me for what I have. Mm. And I don't think so. But I look at it like this. Definitely in my own life, looking at the past or whatever, I never, I don't know, I don't want to say I never did because I don't want to pat myself on the back. But uh, I know for myself You know, I always felt that the strength of God was the one that took me through one problem to another. Mm -hmm. My situations in life, they call me a situation Vinny, you know. (laughs) But anyway, the thing is that I wanted to protect myself not only through the way I was living, but through prayer, through the Word, and staying with that and knowing that God's in control, I'm not. And there's nothing that I can do here on earth. That could get me to heaven. Nothing at all. Mm. So only through God, God's grace, through my faith, mm. and then of course through that, I believe He has putting He put a, a void in everybody mm-hmm. for us to yep. fill it with Him. Amen. So with yep. that whole thing, we're going to go out and say, well, you know what? I'm going to do this, 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 and that. And it's just like we do the the homeless ministry. We've been doing it for 20-something years. And I don't do it to get closer to God. Mm. I do it because God has put a love in me Mm. for me to reach out to others and to share that love and to let them know that the only way to the Father is through the Son, through grace, through our faith. You're not doing the homeless ministry to increase your grace or to increase brownie points with God, that kind of thing. (laughs) No, not at all. And but just to do it for the glory of God. Can, I, when I think of of this of boast, I think of the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine having a conversation with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and asking Jesus how you can get to heaven, and then Jesus asked you if you will enter life, keep the commandments, and he said which, and then Jesus told him the commandments. And he says, "Oh, can you imagine? Look at Jesus Christ in the eye and say, mm-hmm. I've kept all those.' Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, no, I cannot. <laughs> that's boasting. <laughs> that was, that's scary boasting. Okay, yeah. Micah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a coffee with a small group of men recently, and one of them was part of the Eastern Orthodox Church, and he told me that 20 years ago he had made a commitment to God to attend church every single Sunday, 
and he said that he kept his commitment except for maybe two or three times when he was very, very sick. Um, so he wasn't bragging about it per se, but um, he was boasting in that he was proclaiming mm-hmm. this almost unblemished record. So I asked him, I said, you know, in all those years going to church, do you feel like you have a relationship with God? And he said, no. I then asked him, do you feel like the presence of the Holy Spirit of God is in your life? And again, he said, no. So we had a good conversation afterward about true relationship. But my point is that this man was pointing out his record of attendance in church as if somehow that was what was going to save him. Mm. And I tried to tell him that he was believing something that was not true. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And as we move forward in the passage now, Bill, and we see that God is using Abraham as an example of one who did not work for a righteous record. And Paul now, in verse 3 of Romans chapter 4, appeals to a very important scripture that declares Abraham was justified or declared righteous by faith. So let's talk about that scripture. What scripture does Paul reference there, Bill, in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, and why is this important? Uh, he's referencing Genesis fifteen six, where it says, And he, meaning Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for righteousness. Mm, that's right. And it's important because, you know, it's because of his faith. Um, I mean, if deeds were what got believers into heaven, sinners, then obviously to me, you'd have problems with sinners who are believers being proud uh, right. and sinfully proud about yeah. their works. Right. So, you know, um, I mean, that's this is the thing that's hardest for people to grasp, you know, the natural man and woman to grasp that we're all sinners mm-hmm. and it's a hopeless situation for mm-hmm. us to fix it. And that's depressing sounding to most people. But when you ex- when you look around you and every single person, no matter how much you love or hate them or how much wealthier or famous or whatever they have or whatever you whatever we're insecure about or what yeah. we're uh, disappointed about in life. Every single person is a sinner and ultimately we all have this. We're all in the same exact boat. Right. So and the the prob the solution is free. It's just you have to just change your mind from what you naturally are to what we need to be, which is reconcile ourselves to God and repent. Yeah. This verse is very important as mm-hmm. well because it's the first time the word believe is found in the Bible ah. where it says Abraham mm. believed mm-hmm. God and it was counted to him mm. for righteousness. And Abraham lived 2,000 years before Paul, so it conclusively proves that salvation does come through faith alone. Mm-hmm. And Abraham is a man that is respected by Islam by Judaism, of course, by Christianity. Mm -hmm. And Abraham was declared righteous by faith alone in the promised coming of the seed, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he is the one who saves us. Yeah. And you know what, Pastor, as you asked the question before, or you you were talking about how um, Paul is talking about Abraham and then also David in this passage, I thought back to Matthew 1, where, you know, those are the two in you know the very first verse of Matthew 1 it talks about Abraham son of Abraham son mm-hmm. of David yeah. so he's really choosing these men who are at the high point 
of um, the Old Testament. So Paul is quoting this verse, Genesis 15, 6. He, he quotes it here in Romans. He quotes it in the epistle of Galatians. And then James, the brother of Jesus, actually mm-hmm. quotes it in his epistle. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it's so quoted is that the verse points out exactly what you were saying, that salvation by grace through faith was established at the beginning, you know, in the, at the beginning of Genesis. And again, we have... Very little information about how God dealt with humanity prior to the flood, but Abraham came almost immediately after the flood, and right away, God says that his judgment is not based on a list of accomplishment, but based on whether or not someone believes. So if they do believe, God's grace of salvation is bestowed upon them. Yeah, and Abraham was declared righteous by faith before he was circumcised, and we'll talk about that later. He was declared righteous by faith before he offered Isaac Mm -hmm. as a sacrifice. So he wasn't saved by those works. Mm -hmm. They proved his justification. Right. But So there's a very important word now in that verse that we read. Mm. Abraham believed God. It was counted, and it's the word counted to him for righteousness. Mm. And it's the, the Greek word is interesting. It's lagizomai, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But it's also translated reckoned, counted, and I believe it appears like 11 times in this, in this chapter. Mm. So how does this word, Micah, help us to understand this word counted? It was counted to him for righteousness. And it was a reward not reckoned or counted of, of it, it was reckoned to him by grace and not of debt and so forth. So what, what's the importance of this word? Yeah, well, we had a former accountant on with us a few weeks ago, Ellie, and she mentioned this concept. And for Paul and Moses before him to use this accounting word when they say it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness, you know, the Greek word, as you said, Pastor, it means to number, to compute, to take an inventory of, of. And in other words, there's a ledger, and each one of us has one. So at the bottom of the ledger is the sum of our account. And that sum is either in a net negative debt that we owe, or it's in a net positive of righteous standing in God's judgment. So again, no amount of good works on the side of the ledger will actually add up to a net positive. It's only through our belief in Jesus Christ that we are judged righteous. But just going back to something Bill was saying, you know, it seems like we as human beings are much more comfortable with, you know, seven sacraments or five pillars or ten commandments. For some reason... We're just much more comfortable with the idea that we have to follow this number of rules and do these number of things than to just accept this one most important thing. Yeah, and and even Christians today, a lot of Christians think of keeping the Ten Commandments. Just try to keep them your best. You know, yeah. you're gonna if you're good outweigh, you're bad. That that's the purpose of the commandments. The, that's not the purpose of the commandments. No, no. The purpose of the commandments is to show the, you can't do it. Is that we show that we're <laughs> hopelessly sinli- sinful and we need someone who kept them perfectly. Yeah, and that's and Jesus. That, yeah. So the way it was explained to me that I thought was very good is is in this way, that if in God's system of accounting, if someone deposits a check of faith into their account with God, God credits that account righteous. Mm. If the check is faith, they're credited with righteousness. Mm-hmm. If they put into that account their own works, they have a credit with God. They still owe God a debt, mm. and it's death. Mm. Because when you deposit a check of faith into account with God, you're saying you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, mm-hmm. and he is the one who paid 
the debt, the ultimate debt we owe, which is death. So in this accounting system with God, Mm -hmm. death must be paid for. Mm. And so either we believe that Jesus died for our sins or we're going to die for our sins. I mean, that's it. That's that's your choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again? And what he did is good is a work good enough to save you. Or do you want to just keep adding works to your account? Without dying, all your good works, you're going to church. You might feel like you're dying in church, yeah. but you're not dying, you know. And if you, if you keep the five pillars of not Islam, or if you keep the sacraments of Rome, yeah. you're not dying. Mm-hmm. It's not paying the debt, mm-hmm. which is death. Only faith in God cancels the debt mm-hmm. of death yeah. because of the death of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, Vinny, mm-hmm. and we want to encourage our listeners to call tonight at 929-333-3739. Maybe there's a Jewish person, mm-hmm. maybe a Muslim, mm-hmm. maybe a Roman Catholic, or maybe just a Baptist yeah. or a Protestant. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not born again, though. And you have this idea. You have to work your way into heaven. If you have any questions about this, or maybe you just want somebody to pray with you. Maybe you're going through a tough time, or maybe you have a challenging week ahead. Maybe you have a job interview coming up. Maybe you're, you're swamped with schoolwork, and you have a lot of projects that, that are due, and you just want somebody to pray. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. So, Vinny, in Romans chapter 4, verse 4, Paul appeals to... It's a logical argument. It's a logical argument that if if salvation, and here's the logic, if salvation is through human effort, God would owe us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in other words, God would be in debt to man. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is it possible for man to ever say to God, to look at God in the eye and say, God, I deserve to enter heaven because I've worked and I'm good and you owe me salvation. Is that ever possible? Uh-huh. I would like to be that fly on the golden gates when people try to do that, (laughs) looking at God and saying, Lord, haven't I done these things in your name? And why can I go through? I can't get through these gates. Why am I stuck out here? What is it that I messed up with? Whatever. So in Matthew 7, 22, 23, Matthew 7, 22, 23, who declared their own righteousness before God, saying, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out devils? They boasted before God in their own works, which seemed very good. Yeah. Yet the Lord said, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Why? Because they were depending on their own works. And we cannot work our way to heaven. There's no way we can do that. And why? Yeah. It's just like, it's mind-blowing to actually think that somebody could be good enough better than Jesus. Hmm. Could somebody be better than Jesus? No. He did it all for us. He took all those sins off yeah. of us and put them on his shoulders at the cross. Mm. Praise God. And yeah. I give God the praise and glory for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is a really amazing passage, mm-hmm. you know, Matthew 7. Yeah. Because if there, it, it does seem on the surface these are such good works. If there are any good works that could get a person into heaven, it would be Amen. prophesying in his name, mm-hmm. casting out demons mm-hmm. in his name. It says even done wonderful works. Right. But the thing is, it's not what they did. Mm-hmm. It's they were boasting that those things were good enough to That's get right. them into heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the problem. And so they weren't trusting in what Jesus Christ came to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's actually interesting that that is included in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the greatest sermon 
ever preached by, you know, many people would say that Mm -hmm. includes that passage. And I think that passage is Mm -hmm. actually really frightening that the idea that people get to that judgment seat of Christ and they don't know (laughs) the judgment that's about to come down on them. They Mm -hmm. really do believe that they have gotten, (laughs) you know, they've done enough. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, another obstacle to understanding this is that so much of our lives on earth is transactional. You know, we Mm -hmm. work 40 hours plus a week at our jobs Mm -hmm. and we receive a paycheck from our employer. Or we use the money from our paychecks to pay a landlord or a grocer, and we receive a roof over our heads mm. and food on the table. But our relationship with God, it's not transactional in that way. It is more like a parent-child relationship. The ideal case of that would be, you know, a child gets food and shelter and love and attention from the parent automatically just by being the child. So the transaction for that food and shelter has already been paid by the parent. The child only needs to be a child, and that's the same with us and our Father in heaven. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking Mm -hmm. at it, Micah. So as we move forward now, Romans chapter 4, verse 5, Bill, Mm -hmm. it tells us how how God counts or credits someone as righteous in his sight. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? How does God count someone as... Because if you if you think of it, if you have a righteous standing before God, I mean that is without sin, then you're going to enter heaven. Righteousness is salvation. So how does God count someone as righteous in His sight? Well, the King James says that that verse is, "But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness." And another translation, the NLT says, "But people are counted as righteous not because of their work." Because, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. It's only God who can forgive sinners. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, it is a, something that we don't deserve. He has to forgive us uh, when he wants to, and that's the only way that we can is by believing that he did what he did on the cross. Um, it just occurred to me, like, say, you know, someone who's in spending a life-term prison sentence for mm-hmm. something they did. They can repent to God genuinely yeah. and is in the eyes of God be forgiven for that sin. Now they're stuck in jail. Mm-hmm. What could they do to promote the gospel of God? They might be in like solitary confinement for the rest of their life. There's mm-hmm. nothing they could do compared to people that are going to church and can give money here and go on a missions trip there and yeah. do all these different things. Mm-hmm. But God isn't going to look at them and say, you didn't do enough. If they are genuinely converted in jail and spend the rest of their lives, you know, believing in God and knowing that 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 life that, they, you know, however bad their life was and they spent in jail, that when they get to the, the you know, the end of this life, they're going to face God and it's their faith that's going to put them through. And another thing where we're talking about uh, Matthew 7, yeah. mm-hmm. one of the uh, wildest verses that... You know, your average person would never believe that it's, you know, almost like if you're true or false, is this in the Bible? Mm -hmm. You know, chapter 7, verse 11, when Jesus is talking to his disciples about how good God is and how much better he is compared to, like, the love of a human father for his son. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, if if a son asks his father for a fish, would he give him a serpent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he, the, the next verse is, if ye then, his own disciples, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if those disciples were alive today, popular culture would call them the slur called the Jesus freak. Like they'd be the most extreme Christians that they are. And here he is, Jesus saying, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, mm. which is heaven, give good things to them than ask him? 
So if Jesus himself, God in the flesh, is calling the most faithful Christians ever on record Mm -hmm. evil, but what are we? Mm-hmm. What is everybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. all in the same boat, and we're all hopeless. We have to believe what he did. That's the only way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes Amen. it it makes it intimidating, but it makes it you know almost relaxing. It's like it does. You can breathe. You don't have to compare yourself mm-hmm. to John MacArthur. Yeah. Or Matthew Record. Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> or Paul. <laughs> Paul said he's the chief of sinners. If Paul's right. the chief of sinner, then I'm standing right next to him. The price has That's been right. paid. <laughs> the price has been paid. Mm. Amen. Mm. Again, Romans 4, verse 5 says, But to him that worketh not, mm-hmm. but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, mm-hmm. and all of us are ungodly, mm-hmm. his faith is counted for righteousness. So the standing of a believing sinner before God is perfect. And this is where the Roman Catholic Church, too, is dead wrong where they actually teach that a justified person must do good deeds to increase their grace. Mm. That was in the Council of Trent. I'm going to read this Council of Trent statement. Okay. They say, if someone says that, quote, the justified person, by the good deeds done by him through the grace of God, does not merit an increase of grace, let him be anathema. That means cursed. They're saying, they're saying the exact opposite of what Paul is saying. Mm. They're saying that the good deeds increase grace. Mm. But Paul's saying if it's by works, it's yeah. not of grace. It's not grace, yeah. And if it's by grace, it's not of works. Mm. There's, the, and the Catholic Church says if you don't believe this, you're anathema. Dear friends, I say to you, come out from among them, be separate, claim and trust Jesus Christ and him alone. So we're going to go to a quick song here. You can give us a call at 929-333-3739. We have a few minutes left in the program. We want you to join our conversation. Again, that number is 929-333-3739. In Christ alone, our hope is found. Trust in Him, dear friends, and you can be counted righteous in God's sight. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What height of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the power of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness. Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live.
of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, but with the precious blood of Guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. In Christ alone my hope is found, He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid He is solid ground, mm-hmm. trust in Him. In Christ alone, and you will be safe. You will be safe. You know, at the end of the day, Micah and, and Bill, Vinny, if we just hold on to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are the one that I trust and believe in. You did the work that will enter me into heaven. I believe we're going to be safe. And we have with us a caller tonight. Um, I, I, you know, the, I'm having some technical difficulties oh, here, Pastor. Technical. Wait, I just saw, I saw it. Yeah, they're, they're, what's up with that mouse? I don't know. The mouse <laughs> is is not working, Pat. Otherwise, oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, oh there you are. Oh, we got you. Okay. <laughs> Pat, you must have been praying. Oh. So you're on the Heritage of Faith Hello? Conversation program. Yes, Pat, you're on the air with us right now. What's yeah, on your mind? I, God bless I you. I could hardly hear. I could hardly hear the music, but um, here I am. I, I'm just wanted to say. Um, I was brought up in um, Kingston, Jamaica, by the Catholic nuns, mm. and I was never told that um, it's work that saved me. It was always the blood of Jesus, but we didn't know the meaning of Jesus as our high priest. That's why we were told to pray to, um, to these um, ex um, saints so they can go to Jesus, and especially Mary, to intercede on our behalf. The Lord is sufficient, but we were not told that. We were told that we can ask those who are Catholic nuns, I mean, you know, those who were of the faith, as to um, to pray with unto Jesus for our behalf. So, if that is works, um, I guess that is works, but I I don't um, look at that as work. Um, my faith it was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, the the Catholic the Church talks was, about grace. As I said, oh, it Pat, was the, um, 
The Catholic Church being talks ignorant about ignorant of him being our high priest. Yeah. Well, the, the Catholic Church talks about grace, and of course they're going to they're going to talk about the blood of Christ and His death on the cross. But the fact is, is that they believe that that grace and the blood of Christ you have to receive through the sacraments. You have to receive these things through the church, and that the church is the, the look, look at it this way: that the Catholic Church. They are kind of like the rest area where you go to get a snack. Mm. And you go to that rest area and you put your money in the dispenser and out comes a snack, you know, one of those little yeah. like, like dispensers. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, the Catholic Church is like the dispenser, the vending machine of salvation. And if you want to get grace, you have to come to this all-gracious Catholic Church that has put countless people to death Mm -hmm. (laughs) that has tried to distribute the Word of God, you know. Mm -hmm. And the one thing the Catholic Church is not, historically, and and I'm being honest, dear friend, the Catholic Church is not gracious. They have often been cruel and power-hungry. Well, the Catholic Church is not my friend. They were were acting as the scribes and the Pharisees. Right. But um, apart, um, because they feel like it's what they say will go. But I'm not with the Catholic Church anymore. But I'm of my faith in Christ. It's Amen. when I Amen. it's when I, I leave, and then I realize that Jesus was the High Priest. He Praise alone I can go to. Yeah, and not um, the Pope. To petition for whatever I would yeah. like, or you know. But I I never. There was no reason to now pray to Mary, mm. or or the other saints to intercede on my behalf. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Pat. We're going to have to let you go. We're going to have to let you go. The time is running away. We've got to still do a couple things here. But thank you so much for listening and calling tonight. And so as we continue here, Brother Vinny, in Romans chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul quotes a psalm of David. And this psalm describes the justified person. So how does this psalm of David, quoted by Paul, Justify or describe a justified person. It's pretty much. Hold on one second there, and I got a little problem myself. But okay. all right, that's <laughs> said He says, "Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, but praise is calmly for the upright." And what he's trying, what he's saying is that the upright in itself. Mm-hmm. is those that are rejoicing in the Lord, mm-hmm. not for our works that we have done, right. but for the love that Christ has done for us. Yeah. So that's where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? well, 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 that Psalm 32 is uh-huh. where he's quoting from that says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Mm. And so the, 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 the description of this justified person in Psalm 32, 30. verses 1 and 2 is he's blessed. Yes. He's blessed, right? Yes, his is. sin is forgiven, his sin is covered, and his sin is not imputed to him. His sin is lifted away, Amen. his sins Amen. are buried, his sins are removed, and therefore he's blessed. Mm. So, yes. did you want to make yes. any... Well, I have to honestly say that is the way to go. Amen. But I'm going <laughs> to give you a slight bit of a testimony real quick, maybe a minute and a half. Yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, I was a very sinful person, still am, and God, by God's grace, I am out of that sin and covered Amen. through the blood of Jesus. Praise God. But back in my younger years, back in the 80s, I was a drug addict, and I got myself caught up with a lot of 
lot of garbage, mm. and God, through his grace, saved me. And he's never left me. I've been in his hands Amen. ever since. And through that, he's taken me to where I am today. Amen. You know? Praise God. So praise I give God. God the praise and glory. Amen. Praise you know, God. God is good. He is good. He is good. And uh, so, Brother Bill, as we, as we continue here in these next verses in Romans chapter 4, especially verses 9 through 12, Paul asks a really important question. And the question in verse 9 is, does this blessedness, does this freedom, does this salvation by grace through faith of having our sins forgiven, of having our record cleared, does it only come on Jews who are circumcised? Or does it come upon even uncircumcised Gentiles? I mean, this is going down. Mm. This is this is going to raise a lot of heat mm, where amen. amongst the Jewish people that Paul's dealing with. So, what is Paul's answer to this? Mm. Well, in verse ten, it says, "Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision." Talking about when uh, Abraham mm-hmm. was was reckoned. Yeah, amen. Um, so, I think that's pretty much it right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was chosen by God mm. for his faith when he was still living far away mm. from the promised land. Okay. Yeah. And and we have a question here. We're not going to have time to really go to it, but just to answer a Christian. Christian, we're talking tonight about the beginning of salvation, when we're justified, when we're declared righteous, when that righteousness is counted to us. That begins the journey, and no doubt Abraham lived out that righteousness. If somebody's truly saved, they're mm. going to live out that righteousness mm. and show forth their obedience, yeah. as Abraham did obey God mm-hmm. and even offered his son the ultimate demonstration yeah. of obedience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Pastor, I just wanted to um, get back to this question about, you know, was Abraham saved before or after the circumcision? Can circumcised people, uncircumcised people yeah. be saved? Yesterday, you know, the U.K. had a big coronation for King Charles III. And, you know, Did I, they? I don't follow the monarchy, but my phone was blowing up with all kinds of notifications. And it was the first royal coronation in 70 years. But Charles had actually become king back in September, you know, on the day when his yeah. mother, Queen Elizabeth, had died. So this event, it was just the formal crowning of the monarch. And I I would say in a similar way, we we know that Abraham was saved long before he was circumcised because his heart had already been surrendered to God. So the circumcision was just the formal event marking the change in Abraham that had already happened. So it's an important event. But as we said, Paul is using this fact to separate salvation from the outward sign of being set apart for God. Yeah. So, Vinny, we come to the last question tonight, and and that is Paul calls Abraham father. Mm. He is the father of the circumcised, but who else is he father to exactly? Who is Abraham the father to? Well, Abraham was the father to the circumcision, which is the physical, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was the spiritual circumcision mm-hmm. that brought yeah. us to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what the important part of it is, the spiritual part itself. Mm-hmm. So I believe it was like a, a mirrored image, image that God brought onto him, and he was to go further and through. That's where we are saved through that circumcision. Spiritual circumcision mm-hmm. is Amen. the main event of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And as Paul said in Galatians 3 7, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same, are the mm-hmm. children of Abraham. Amen. Yeah, and Pastor, I think this goes back to that father son relationship. John 1 12 says, But as many as received mm-hmm. him, to them gave yes. he the power to become sons of God, mm-hmm. even to them that believe on his name. So we're a child, and we have all the benefits of sonship. 
Lord Jesus, we pray that those under the sound of our voice, if they have not yet called upon you, that they would say, Lord Jesus, I trust that your work is all sufficient. You died. You shed your blood for me. You rose again and you're alive. Call upon him right now. Say, I turn to you, Lord. Save me and give me eternal life. God bless you and have a good night. Thank you guys for being here. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.